This episode of Atomic Geekdom is brought to you by PennantChase.com, the home of free baseball simulation leagues. Sign up today and join a variety of leagues featuring every player from the history of Major League Baseball. Thanks and enjoy the show. Episode of the Atomic Geekdom Podcast. My name is Dave, and joining me today to revel in all the scary things that go bump in the night is Jenny. Hello. That's <laughs> uh, me trying to be spooky. It, it so worked. Um, yeah, basically we had a lot of fun in October when we did the Paranormal Stories episode where everybody got to send in their stories, and we decided well, we should do this annually, try to do it a couple times a year. Because I enjoy Coast to Coast AM, the radio show, and this new one I found called Darkness Radio, which posts its episodes online for podcasts for free. So check that out. It's really cool. They do Monday parishares, or he just has callers call in and share their stories, and Tuesday is two tr- True Crime Tuesday. Um, Yeah, so it's just cool stuff, Uh, and I like I like the supernatural aspect of things, so uh, and I bet Jenny does too. It creeps me out, but let's <laughs> uh, go <still> with it. <laughs> so later in the episode, we're going to just read some of the stories that we've gotten submitted and uh, your stories, I should say, the user stories. And Jenny has a couple from her friends and her experiences, her travels along the West Coast. Um, and the South. And the South, yeah. The South is a scary, scary place when it comes to supernatural. Just saying. I've been tempted to download, like, because they have EVP apps. But I don't think I could ever do an EVP session in a house I lived in. <laughs> I, I, just... I, I, I don't want it. I'm okay if there's ghosts. I just don't want them to jump out at me. I don't, I don't want to wake up and see the shadow man standing at the edge of my bed. Right? It's like oh. Slender Man. I don't want to know. I don't want to suddenly have my bed start shaking and floating in midair. None of that stuff. That's okay. Yeah, no poltergeist. Speaking of that, okay, so would you would you ever, or you know, in the purchasing of a house or renting of a house, would you ever look into the history of the home before buying it? Like if there's anybody that died or a suicide or a triple homicide? Um, it would depend, yes. Pro- well, yes, I would, but my decisions on if I get it or not would depend on the situation. Because <laughs> the house my, my parents lived in for years in Montana – the guy who owned it before died and they had a black room in the downstairs. My mom swore every day that that guy still was in the house, that he would do things. She called him Viz for the invisible man. Nice. I, I think that would be okay. But if it's one of those houses where people are like fleeing, like the conjuring, hell no. <laughs> so you, you wouldn't buy a home that was, uh, it's so cheap on the market, like the Amityville house. It's because of the hauntings. Yeah, I don't know if my religious faith could actually hold up through all that. <laughs> <laughs> your, your crosses on the walls spinning upside down? Yeah, yeah. I think they'd call my uh, my bluff pretty fast, and I'd be I'd be damned. I was thinking about this the other day. In my, my uh, quote-unquote valiant effort to get back in shape, uh, I, I've, yeah, as you know, I've purchased a Fitbit. 
Um, I'm one of those people now. Nice. And it shows, you know, it shows all of your, your steps that you take in a day. And then it shows, you know, your sleep habits. Like, do you think it would show like you'd look at it one day and you're like, I did not take 3000 steps between 2 AM and whatever, when I was, uh, lost time when you're possessed by some demon or, uh, abducted by aliens. Hey, what, here's a question though. Would your Fitbit register like the distance if you were abducted by aliens? Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, the, the would that count as like steps climbed? Would it totally like confuse like the thing? Like the GPS no longer is valid because they're like, we can't categorize other solar systems or what? <laughs> right. It just counts your steps until it, you know, reaches the atmosphere. <laughs> it uh, just airs out. Yeah. Uh, so one of the, you know we wanted to talk about some weird stuff before we got on the personal stories from you guys. Uh, had you ever heard of the time traveler? It was back in two thousand two thousand one that this this gentleman I'll say his name in a second used bulletin boards and message boards on the internet to say that he's from the year twenty thirty six, and that he'd come back in time and he was like living with his his family and him his younger version of himself. Uh, back back in two thousand two thousand one, uh, the the we could have talked about this in last week's time travel episode, but I f- figured this is a better venue for it since it's not fiction or <laughs> supposedly not fiction. <laughs> um, his name is John Titor or Titor T I T O R. Uh, let me just read this post that kind of talks about it. Uh, John Tidor, Tidor is the name used on several bulletin boards during 2000-2001 by a poster claiming to be a time traveler from 2036. In these posts, Tidor made numerous predictions about events in the near future, a number of them vague and some quite specific. Of course, they're vague ones. <laughs> Starting with events in 04, he described a drastically changed future in which the United States had broken into five smaller regions. The environment and infrastructure had been devastated by a nuclear attack and most other world powers had been destroyed. Um, he's been on coast to coast a lot and they've talked about him on that darkness radio show uh, a few times. Uh, let let me see if I can find his time machine is described as in an early post as stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by two top spin dual positive singularities producing a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. Sure. Uh, the earliest post was more explicit, saying it contained the following: two magnetic housing units for the dual micro singularities, an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro singularities, a cooling and X-ray venting system, gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock. Four, because of course you need that. Four main cesium clocks and three main computer units. Did he get those at like Fry's or Best Buy? Listen to like, this. How do he make this? <laughs> Listen to this part. According to the posts, the device was installed in the rear of a 1967 Chevy Corvette convertible and later moved to a 1987 truck having four-wheel drive. Um, where was I? Four-wheel drive. Uh, he shared several scans of the manual of a C204 time displacement unit with diagrams and schematics and posted some photographs of the device installed in the car. So basically, they like sell these things at Radio Shack. Or <laughs> I'm going back to like safety not guaranteed. <laughs> right. Oh man. So this guy does interviews. 
Well, he had been quiet for a long time, and apparently he's starting to talk again. Uh, so what do you have any like proof of like something he said that's going to happen and it happens? Or are we talking that's like uh what's his name? Nostradamus. Like he's got all these things that actually did happen, but not exactly. Well, there's this section on predictions, it's a couple paragraphs long. I uh, will read through it. Um okay. Uh, although invoking the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, whereby events from his own timeline may differ from our own, uh, Titer also expressed assurance that the differences were minimal. As such, his descriptions have been interpreted as predictions and compared with historical events since 01. The most immediate of Titer's predictions was of an upcoming civil war in the United States having to do with order and rights. Yeah, that happens every year. <laughs> Not to the extent of a civil war, though. He described it as beginning in 04, with civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year. The civil conflict that he characterized as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse will be pretty much at everyone's doorstep and erupts by 08. Uh, I don't think that came true. As a result of the war, the U.S. splits into five regions based on various factors and differing military objectives. The civil war, according to Titer, will end in 2015, so we're done. Uh, we survived, but it that begins an intense World War Three. So World War Three is supposedly starting this year. It could happen. So when when is his like starting date? Like, is he from our present time? No, he, he's from twenty thirty six. Twenty thirty six. Let me finish the predictions. We're almost done with that. Uh, Titer refers to the exchange as N Day, letter N Day. Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida are specifically mentioned as being hit after the war. Omaha, Nebraska is the U.S.'s new capital city, which I think is the storyline in Jericho. (laughs) Uh, Something like that. (laughs) uh, Tidor is vague as to the exact motivations and causes for World War III. At one point, he characterizes the hostilities as being led by border clashes and overpopulation but also points to the present conflict between Arabs and Jews as not a cause, but rather a milestone that precedes a World War III. Titer claimed that as a 13-year-old in 2011, he fought with the fighting Diamondbacks as a shotgun infantry unit of Florida. So, already, wrong. 2011, there were no fighting Diamondbacks with shotguns shooting around Florida. Um, For at least four years. However, another post, he describes himself as hiding from the war. Weird. So, yeah, a lot of people think that this is uh, the original host of Coast to Coast. Um, uh, what's the dude's name? Whatever. Uh, he's He's been gone for a long time, and he used to have TV shows and stuff, and now he's coming out with a new show. And now he's coming back with all these predictions, so they think it's the same dude. Maybe. And he's just drumming up attention. I like the- it. It's a cool That's story. It. And it has its own Wikipedia page. So Nice. Uh, so. I raise an eyebrow, but I be, I'm I'm interested. It's clever. Yeah, yeah. Now I know you have something cool to share. Which one? Uh, <laughs> the one you were telling me right before we started the show. Oh my my ghost story. Yes. Oh, I have a good one. Um, I think I've said it before. My family originated in Pikeville, Kentucky, which is the home of the great Hatfields and the McCoys. Um. <laughs> This story, real, and then also you can make your own decision on the supernatural part, but it is creepy. 
So there was a rich guy. I think he was in Coles. Um, his last name was Hatcher. And he married this lady. Her name was Octavia Hatcher. And they had a child. And the child died, like, within a couple months. And she went into just a deep depression. So she didn't get out of bed much. Um, you know, they torn up for losing their child. It was the only child they had. And she falls ill and just goes to sleep, and they pronounce her dead. And it's in the middle of summer, so they didn't have, like, embalming or anything like that. So they bury her fast. They put her in a coffin. They take her to the cemetery and bury her. Nobody thinks anything of it, you know, until a week later, people throughout the town start getting sick. But what would happen is, is they'd get really tired, and they'd get, like, a sleep sickness, and they would fall asleep, and their breath would become very shallow, and they they linked it to a fly bite. So people were getting bit by this fly that would basically comatose them for a while. But then this guy wakes up from it. And, you know, they basically pronounce this one guy dead. And then within a couple hours, he sits up on the, on the autopsy table. He's like, all right, I'm okay. So the husband, Mr. Thatcher, the rich guy, panics. And he gets an emergency um, thing going. And they dig up his wife's grave that was buried like a week before. And sure enough, absolutely horrific. She had tried to claw herself out of the coffin. Like all the lining of the the coffin was torn. Her hands were bloody. That's terrifying. Like when I die, totally terrifying. When I die, I want somebody to just keep me in a box uh, for like a week. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if I have this story right, but when he died later on, he actually spent tons of money on getting a casket made that latched from the inside. Just in case, just in case. And I don't think he's actually buried. I, he might be, but I think he's actually like in a crypt just in case. But here's where it gets weird. So he, he buried her in the cemetery and he, he, you know, he's a rich guy and he built this huge hotel, but he had the hotel facing the cemetery. So every time he'd look out, he could see her grave and then she could look down at him and he erected this huge statue of her holding the baby. And a few years later, the baby is broken off and laid at her feet and nobody, you know, it's obviously vandalism and all that. But the creepy part of the story is, is every year on the anniversary of her death, the statue come sunlight is facing the opposite direction. Like the back is turned away from the hotel. So a lot of people realistically say that, Hey, it's just vandals, but nobody's actually ever seen anybody do it. But every year it gets turned and, it's to everybody can have their own view, but the whole town is pretty freaked out. I can't say I blame them. I would be freaked out too. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that, you know, it could just be somebody sneaking in very co-op and turning the statue at night, but this is a big stone statue. It's not like one person can easily go there and turn it. Right. You know, so it would take some effort and nobody's ever caught anybody doing it. That's crazy. Oh. So creepy. But could you imagine, though, just waking up and being in a coffin six feet under? I, I That's like a, one of those fears that I have. <laughs> I'd want, uh. in my will, bury me with a working cell phone. <laughs> and hopefully I have service. <laughs> right. Yeah. So bad. But, yeah, I think he, I think, I could be wrong if he's not buried, but his coffin, though, was like a super expensive coffin, and it had like a really elaborate latch. So if needed, he could open it from the inside. And then what? Try to dig himself out? 
don't think I don't think he's buried. Oh, that's right. You said yeah. I think yeah. I'll have to look. I think I he's actually like, in like a crypt type situation. Sure. But I, have to, I I've been to her grave though. Her grave is um is in Pikeville. I feel and like, uh, the baby, you know, the statue of the baby still lays at her feet. Oh man, I feel like they made uh, certain coffins at some period of time in America's history with like a a, a a latch or like a rope that led up to a bell or something above ground. Like, they should have, yeah. just in case. But we're talking to this was like late eighteen hundred, so they it's not like they. I mean, they just listened, and if it didn't sound like you were breathing, then you must be dead. <laughs> right. Uh, one real quick, real story that I've heard before is recent. Uh, did you hear about the the baby that survived for like several hours, uh, floating or hanging upside down in a car crash, in a no. in a lake? Yeah, apparently this woman and her her baby was in the back seat, of course, in a baby seat, uh, strapped in, uh, went off a bridge and into a lake, and the the mom's died. Of course, she drowned, or she may have died on, on impact or something. But the car was upside down, I guess, and the baby hung just inches from frozen water or freezing water for hours. I don't know, more than two, um, but a lot and survived. And the the EMTs that showed up said they heard a woman's voice saying, help, help. And nobody was around. And (laughs) they just kept hearing this voice. And so did some guy that was near the lake said he heard it, too. Which prompted him to call the EMTs. Like, just crazy. That goes into one of those things where it's like, it when you add that little extra, it gives you kind of the EBGBs, but it also gives you kind of this, like, overwhelming faith that things will be okay. <laughs> you know, like, there's right. got to be somebody supporting you or something. Or that you can still save your baby even though you just died or, you know. Right. But then also just the... The will to survive is crazy. It, it, when you were reading that, it totally reminded me. There was this um, insane mudslide up in Seattle, I think last year. I think it was like 2014 in Oso. Um, it was near where my brother worked. And it, it, the mudslide took out the entire town. Like, it was there one second and gone the next. And they, like the the phone calls to 911 are it, you almost don't believe it. Because one of the phone calls is literally a guy going... I'm sitting on this highway and he goes, there is a mud tsunami in front of me. Houses are flying by me. And they're like, what? But there's a story like that where a lady um, like grabbed her child and held onto a tree and they found her with like broken legs, broken arms, just holding onto her child. And she just goes, you know, she somehow she like pulled in the strength to do it. It's like, oh my gosh. And then that like somebody else, like their dog was found like a day later. It was crazy. Wow. I digress. I get sidetracked, but that. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I'm awesome that the baby survived. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's dig into some stories. All right. Uh, I'll start and I'll start with an, the, one of the emails or the only email we got actually this round, uh, from listener Gabe, who is a friend of mine, actually. He's on Twitter at Gabe 21. I don't think he'll mind if I give that out. Uh, okay, so here's his cool story, and it involves him being a child, so it's even creepier. My great-grandmother lived in an old schoolhouse. When she wanted to live in a home, my grandparents bought it. They did some remodeling, and in my grandma's organ room, uh, organ room just sounds weird, too, uh, <laughs> they, they built some stairs up to the attic. They put a door that swings up on the doorway and a padlock on it. 
Well, when everything was done, I would play with my toys on the stairs. One day I was playing on the stairs and saw the padlock was open. I went up, flipped on the light, and found a couple of toys to play with, and a few games. All of a sudden, my grandfather came up yelling at me, Get out of the attic! You shouldn't be up there! This is not a place for you to play! I kept asking, Why, Grandpa? Why can't I play up there? He said, You shouldn't play up there. That's where the children play. Creepy. <laughs> That's creepy. Uh, the next time I went there, same thing. I asked if I could play with the toys up in the attic. He kept saying, You can't play up there. That's where the children play. Well, years passed, and my grandparents were looking to move to Fond du Lac, one of those cool Wisconsin cities, <laughs> closer to my aunt. A, a close friend of my dad was looking to purchase his first home. My dad said his parents are selling a small house for a good price. My dad's friend went to look at it, gave an offer, and they accepted. After about three months, my dad's friend was over. My dad asked, how do you like your bachelor pad? He said he loved the location and the land's layout, and the house is great. The only thing he doesn't like is sometimes he can hear what sounds to be like children playing in the attic. When I heard that, my goosebumps got goosebumps. Ew. That's a good story. That is a good story. Children ghosts scare me. Children ghosts, I think, are the worst ghosts of them all. Like, they are super eebie-jeebies. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I apologize. The story you're about to read is super long. Is this, is this mine? Yeah. Okay, by the way, this was off for Read It, and the username is Dr. Dick Delaware. Reddit. Reddit. Did I say read it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Okay, and now I'm going to read this story, so hopefully I know <laughs> read how to read. Read it off of Reddit. There we go. Dr. Dick Delaware. That's like a soap opera name. That's a, I love it. That's like off of Days of Our Lives. I think it's more like a serial killer name, but. Ooh, a serial killer love interest on Days of Our Lives. There you go. With, with uh, with he's the evil brother, twin brother. Yeah, that you didn't know existed until uh, he came up after the serial killing expedition. Yeah, of, okay. of Dan Delaware. Of course. Oh, hello, Dick and Dan. You have to have them both. There's a storyline for you, uh, soap opera. <laughs> okay, so here we go. This is Doctor Dick's Delaware's thing. It goes. So I will start this out by saying that I am very interested in paranormal, but at, but am the type of guy who thinks that the brain is more likely to play tricks than anything else. But nonetheless, my story is 100% real, and I hope you all enjoy it. So this begins all the way back in sophomore year of high school, roughly six years ago. I'm at one of my buddy's parties and end up staying the night. One of our friends brings a Ouija board, and I'm all for it. Like four of us after the party and start using it, but nothing happens. Nobody even took it seriously. Fast forward to end of the night when I am the only one awake. His family is asleep upstairs and my two buddies are asleep on the couch with the TV in static mode. Figures, right? I'm on the phone with my girlfriend at the time. I'm laying on the floor with my feet at the bottom of the stairs, at, <laughs> staring up. I lost my place. Okay. He's okay. He's at the feet at the bottom of the stairs. Stairs up, stairs go up all the way to a little flat and it goes a little further up in the direction they came, like a U-shape. So me and the girl are chatting and I start to hear that sound like a bowling ball rolling down the stairs from right above me. Starts slow, like a thud, and then two seconds, then a thud. Then it's something like it, it's done because there's this wall there, but much to my surprise, the bowling ball makes a turn around the stairs and starts on the second descent. I start to panic a bit because even my girlfriend asked what the noise is. The bowling ball, that's quote-unquote bowling ball, starts to speed up and it's heading right for me. 
right as the thumping gets right near me at the bottom of the stairs, it goes bam in this loud noise as if it ran into several metal baseball bats. Two seconds later, lights come up, come on upstairs, and his whole family is awake asking what the F that that noise was. With the lights on, and I can now see that there's nothing there, so my first experience, of, so that was my first experience with the Ouija board. Move on to the senior year of high school. It ended up at a friend's house for another party, and I was asked if I could have the Ouija board. Says, yeah, and I come to the owner. <laughs> I become the owner of something that I would make my house very active. So the home invasion starts. That's okay right there in the story. When you start with the paragraph that says, so when the home invasion starts with a realistic dream, I'm laying in my bed looking out my window so that I can see my neighbor's porch. You know how the dreams, you know, it's your house, but it looks different. You're not there, but everything is identical. So I'm looking out the window and everything is dark except for the one light shining in on my porch. And I can see this dark figure. All black with no eyes, even though it's the only thing in the light. Just mad dogging me. Then, I, it fin- then it finally runs at me and I wake up. Just a dream, right? A few weeks, it got worse because my dad, brother, and I decided to do another seance. Candles lit and all. Okay, first of all, buddy, if you're seeing ghosts, having weird dreams, don't do a seance with a Ouija board. <laughs> I'm going to say, just- yeah, I'm going to say right now, using a Ouija board, you're just asking things to come get you. Right, and then when you call it a seance and you light candles and do all that jazz, all right, I'm not going to say I told you so, but <laughs> all right, continuing the story here. But again, nothing happened with the board, but things started to get weird all around the house. My room was, was what used to be an office, so it had a hole in the wall to the living room. I would, I would get woken up at night by hearing what sounded like, let's just say a sexual party, <laughs> I've got this guy curses worse than me. I'm like, how do you? How? Anyways, there's a party in my living room, but the other people from, with people from all around the world speaking like Russian, German, and anything other than English. This happens to be on maybe three occasions, enough to make me start sleeping in with a bat under my bed. <laughs> and then he puts LOL. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, as we're doing a seance and I'm hearing foreign people talk in the room next to me, I'll just sleep with a bat. That's funny. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm hackling. Okay. <laughs> there were other times I would be laying, laying down and I see the light from the fridge being open. Walk out there and see the fridge wide open but nobody there. Or when I was in the shower, I would hear the door unlock and open. Then when I'd look out, it was still locked and shut. Sure, these things are weird, but not too crazy. That's what the next part is for. It's already, and then it's another, already crazy. LOL. Yeah. That, and then I like that. And that's what the next part is for. LOL. <laughs> At least he's taking this in stride. Uh, all right. Strap yourselves in because we're going on to the next part. <laughs> one morning, I'm getting ready for school at around 6 a.m. I'm the only one awake always at this time. <clears throat> I lean into the sink to get some water in my mouth after brushing my teeth. When I stand up, I see a woman walk down the hallway through, the, through my mirror. Nearly crapped my pants because it wasn't like it was a fog or something. It was a full-blown person. You may be thinking it could be, you know, it could have been your, you know, your mom or your sister. Trust me, I checked the hall. No person and my sister's room is on the other side of the house where she's asleep. And I think that's what he's saying is his mom. Grandma. Was, grandma. All right. Thank you. It was on oxygen, so... 
her cord made a noise when she walked down the hall. This lady was so scary, but I never saw her face. Just that she had a ratty brown hair and a long white nightgown. They always have a long white nightgown. Why is that? (laughs) And they're usually covered in dirt. And they're always from like the colonial times. Yeah. Why is there no ghost from 1987? Have you ever thought about that? That's a Chris Hardwick bit. Is it? Yeah, he does a joke about that on his, his CD. He's got a valid point. Yeah. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Next sentence start is, it gets weirder. <laughs> so, it gets weirder when a few nights later, I'm hanging with my dad after my siblings have gone to bed. He proceeds to tell me that he was in the bathroom the previous night and was hanging, oh, this is classy, and was hanging a deuce at like 3 a.m. <laughs> the well, the family, are- hey, the dad and son that sure. Everything together. I guess so. I'm going to throw that into a TMI. But the door separated, separating the sink and the shower space has been taken out, so it's all one room. He said his back was, was hurting, so he leaned forward. Upon doing this, he looks over and sees a woman in the medicine cabinet mirror looking at him as if she was a portrait. Mind you, this is before I told him about my encounter. And when he explained that the lady was identical to what I'd seen, to top things off, I saw her again at the same time right after getting some water. Same thing. Walks down the hallway. I go to look after, and there's nothing. Later that month, my dad was putting some stuff in the attic, and he finds something so disturbing. My grandpa puts boards down so you can walk around and store stuff. On the last board, there's a sheet laid out with a bunch of shirts and a top a bunch of shirts at the top of the sheet, like a little bed with a skirt as a pillow. Even worse, the sheets of the skirt had a fat depression as if somebody was actually sleeping there. Yeah, freaked us all out. Yeah, buddy, I think it would freak me out too if there's an impression <laughs> of somebody sleeping in my attic. Yeah. So I, I was finally convinced to give the Ouija board away, and really that was the end of the activity until I went to college. Only thing that happened at out at college was that my last year, my senior year, is that most people call sleep paralysis. I believe that it was a real thing and you don't know it it is when you awaken and see dark figures or somebody you can't make out and sound the move of your body. The mind does weird things when you sleep and on two of the three occasions when this has happened to me, I think it was only sleep paralysis. But the first time was something else. I was laying down on the couch trying to take a nap but the, but the thing was that I was awake and the whole time, so I didn't see how the sleep paralysis could have happened. I was facing onto the couch, so I couldn't see anything. But I was laying there, and I heard a giant swoosh of air, like the noise a movie makes when Batman comes swooping in. Good comparison. LOL. Good comparison. Good comparison. And right as I go to turn around, I hear a growl and a feeling of two hands going through my back and grabbing my lungs. I was frozen. I couldn't yell or fight back. All I wanted was to confront this thing, and I couldn't. It let go, and there was nothing there. Guess you can say I never got to get that nap in. This was everything I could remember happening to me, and I hope that I scared you guys a little. It's all true, and I'd love to answer any questions you may have. Sorry it's long, but I figured it shouldn't miss anything. Dude, you definitely, it feels like you have something following this dude. Totally, but here's my question, though. He gave the Ouija board away. Well, the Did Ouija anything board, follow the Ouija board? Maybe, but it, the, the, this thing could have attached itself to him and not the Ouija board. True. Whatever he 
channeled through the Ouija board might have stuck to him. Maybe it stayed in college. Doesn't sound like anything's happened since then, but... Ooh, those are good stories. That was a long one, but yeah. I just love that he has such a good sense of humor about it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but this is where it gets really weird. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've heard stories of people who, you know, they see the shadow figure and then just roll back to sleep. It's like, what? <laughs> like, no, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to go sleep in my car. Have you ever had those nights, though, when, like, you're totally fine and you, like, let's say there's nobody else in your house. It's just you. You're fine. You lay down. But there's just that something triggers that thought in your mind. More oh. than every freaking shadow in your house could be something. And then you just, you can't close your eyes. All the time. Or, like, you hear you hear the house settling and you're like, nope, that's it. There's a ghost or a serial killer in my house. Oh, man. You guys screwed me up bad with the uh, the Marble Hornets. When I was watching those. <laughs> I hated being in the house by myself and I wouldn't put my, I wouldn't open my curtains because I was afraid if I looked out my kitchen window in my backyard, I would see him standing there. It would just be there. Yeah. You know, uh, past two nights watching arrow and the flash, they co- they show advertisements for that movie. It follows. I have to well, see I haven't it. seen that one yet. You have to, I just tweeted the trailer out earlier today, tonight. You got to watch it. It, I can't wait to see this movie. You've seen all the insidious movies, right? I have not. Oh, insidious is one of those that are just, it's, it's one of them where, like, this is in the commercial, so I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> There's a scene where it's so unexpected. They're sitting at a table, and they're talking about, you know, why everything's going weird. What's going on? Is there a possession and all this? And then just this face appears behind one of them sitting at the table and then just disappears. Yeah. That's the stuff I do not want. There's I'm a- okay if, like, I, I – if- Something moves, and then like <laughs> I, I'm sort of led into it. But if you just sort of pop a, or like walk behind me while I'm brushing my teeth, uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh. There's a Paul F. Tompkins who's one of my favorite comedians. There's a bit he does where he talks about horror movies, and he's like, "There's this one scene that's in almost every horror movie where, and it always scares me, even though I know it's coming. Where our hero, who's fighting the evil or whatever, decides to take a break, and he goes to the bathroom, and he's gonna." refresh himself with some cool refreshing water splashing on his face and it happens every time where he 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 takes a moment looks in the mirror and says whew it is crazy out there uh i just you know it's joking at this point (laughs) (laughs) what i need is some water on the face and he don't goes down and when he comes back up monster in the mirror and it happens every time and he gets terrified (laughs) uh but that in follow, it follows has a moment in the trailer where this woman is it's a young girl uh, is walking in the hallway and this tall slender man looking thing walks up right behind her and his face just looks distorted and crazy and it just this movie looks crazy it's kind of like the new insidious 3 i'm a little nervous of it though cuz it's not the original director and the original director is a mad genius when it comes to horror movies so he's, he's moved on to fast and furious movies hasn't he I think so, but he's he's he does great horror movies, but it's not him anymore. So I'm a little nervous, and it's an origin type story, Uh-oh. and it doesn't have my main guy. And I love the main guy from both Insid- the Insidious one and two. But there are scenes in the trailer though that I'm just like, oh, there's like she leans over her bed and she looks under her bed, and then something grabs her by the feet up on the top. Like it wasn't under the bed; it was behind her. Oh, nice. <laughs> or, or just the whole scenes of like you're sitting there and then there's something behind the uh Yeah. Oh oh my gosh, I just targeted a memory. Oh. Here's one everybody will probably remember if you've seen it or not. And I know everybody says it's a hoax, but it to this day I can't watch it without just getting complete EBGBs. 
you saw the three men and a baby ghost, right? Yeah. Oh, I hate that. That's what I don't want a ghost to do. I don't want a ghost just to be standing in a window as a little boy just watching you walk by. <laughs> and it ends, oh. up being, ends up being a stand-up of Ted Danson. That might take, because then that would be the comedy factor. But well, That's what it was. It was like a, a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. As a kid? No, it's just a reflection. And no, 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 no. The, no the, I, know what, I know what you're talking about. You should look it up on Wikipedia. There's like three different theories of what it is. Because it's like a little boy, like a legit little boy dressed in like 70s clothes. He's got like tan bell-bottom pants on and like a button-up shirt tucked in. They've debunked it. Uh, oh, of course they've debunked it, but it's still creepy as all hell. Right. Well, like the Wizard of Oz with the... The, the, the little, hanging. The hanging little person, yeah. Oh, I don't right. like that stuff. Let's get back, let's get back <laughs> to the stories here. Uh, Reddit user button on my back sent this in. This experience didn't happen to me, but it still still chills me to the bone whenever I think about it. I had two friends that decided to take a road trip from here in Pennsylvania all the way to California. They're telling me about how incredibly flat the Midwest was and how eerie certain places seemed out there. Well, one night they were driving pretty late and we're in an area of Nebraska that just had cornfields on either side of the road for miles and miles. It's the children of the corn. This is this is where the horror movie starts. <laughs> uh, they're going to run out of gas or their engine's going to die or something. <laughs> uh, it had been dark for a couple hours and they had only seen one other car for the last hour and a half. Like I said, it was completely fat, flat, so you could see way ahead for miles, even in the dark. The moon was somewhat bright, so that helped a lot. My friend who was driving says to her companion, Do you see that? They both looked ahead and about 100 yards or so down... There was something crumpled laying on the road. Keep driving. It was partially on the shoulder on the right-hand side. As they neared it, it became apparent that it was a person slightly sitting up, their elbows on their sh- on the shoulder of the road, with their legs stretched out in the right-hand lane. My friend slowed her car and wondered if this person had been hit and needed help, but something told her that there was something very wrong here and to keep driving as fast as she could. She looked at her companion, who shook her head and said, Don't stop. So my friend in the driver's seat kept going, but at a slow pace. As they neared the body, she began slowly going around it, and she made and she and my other friend looked out the right-hand window. It was a man with extremely dirty Western-style clothes, like as if he were a cowboy in a rodeo. He had a cowboy hat on his head and a handkerchief around his neck, but it was his eyes that scared the hell out of them. His eyes were glowing bright red, and he had a half-smirk on his scruffy face. He had been staring straight ahead until they got upon him, and then he looked locked eyes on theirs as they drove around him. The girls screamed, and my driving friend hit the gas, tearing out of there at 100 miles per hour. They zoomed down the highway. My friend glanced in her rearview to see the cowboy-looking guy still laying there in the road, with his head looking straight forward like it had before. <laughs> what the hell is this thing, or what is was doing just laying in the road like that was beyond any of us, but my friend said... They just instinctively knew whatever it was, it was bad, and that they needed to get as far away from it as possible. <laughs> this, this scared the crap out of me when they told it, and I get, I still get scared when I think about it. Although I do find myself wondering what the story is behind all that. <coughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's nuts. Okay, one, and I'm going to be the skeptic through most of these stories, but one, that's genius if somebody's like, I want to mess with people. Yeah, until, like, until you get somebody you drunk what. or sleeping at the wheel and hits you. Yeah, true. But that's a genius. It's kind of like a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but somewhere here in California, people were dressing up as like psycho killer clowns. 
and just walking down the street at night. That was real recently. Yeah, yeah. I think this was like this year, like September, October of this year. Yeah. Um, I find that genius. <laughs> <laughs> until until the clown's walking by you. Yeah. But as long as it, I can call their bluff, I think it's genius. So there's a part of me that really wants to know if this is just some 20-something-year-old guy who's like, dude, I got the greatest idea. <laughs> and they set it all up. And like back in the cornfield, their friends are just sitting there going, <laughs> you know, laughing as these two <laughs> girls drive by. I think it's genius. Now, on the opposing side, if it's really a devil cowboy that might be the first I've heard of a devil cowboy. Maybe Stephen King was like dude, Watchtower, yeah. but the dude from the stand. Oh, there you go. Maybe it was him. It's Randall Flagg. <laughs> oh, I hope that is not true. But there, there's a part of me that there's a genius guy in Nebraska that's like, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, your turn. All right, here's another one off of Read It, because <laughs> I'm a hillbilly and I can't do things right. And I get all the best Reddit names. This one is by Captain Cat Turd. Brilliant. <laughs> saying, what was the other one? Uh, Dr. Dick, Dick Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. And then Captain Cat Turd. That could be like a rock band name. Like that, I'm, I'm coming up with a comic book character of those two. There you go. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> About 15 years ago, I was back at home from college for spring break. I was sick. I was sick and running a fever. I hadn't. I, <laughs> I've heard high fevers can make someone have hallucinations, but I don't think I had a crazy high fever. Maybe like 101. I also haven't been have haven't had a fever since. This is the weird part. The last thing I can remember is lying on the couch in the basement, wide awake, watching Pulp Fiction at about 4:30 in the afternoon. The next thing I know, I'm in my underwear, standing in the bathroom, leaning over the sink, looking at myself in the mirror. It faded in, but was a quick sensation. I felt like every molecule in my body had just been put back together just then, in that instant, at that moment. It was, it was what I would imagine being beamed in Star Trek would be like. I'm sorry for use of that reference, but I don't know how else to describe it at least perceived feeling of having every atom in my body reunited at once. I was breathing, <laughs> I was breathing in as I was being, and I don't know, I being back or teleported. It was like my inwards breathed and consciousness came in at the same time. This is the best way I can describe the sensation. This is so weird. <laughs> Even if it, by the way, I haven't read these yet, so this I'm it's new to me too. Okay, <laughs> it's what I remember, and it's what I it felt like as I looked around. I went into my room and looked at my clock. It was after three a.m. I had about eleven hours of lost time. I never felt drowsy. I never remember being close to tired or sleepy. I was wide awake, and then. I, in another room 11 hours later. I immediately went upstairs and woke my parents. I was scared. I said, Mom, I don't know what the F just happened. She told me not to talk like that. Well, <laughs> I'm glad he has a good parent. What's wrong? I said, where have I been? What happened? She told me I was, a, I was sleepwalking and to go back to sleep. I told her that she didn't understand. Where had I been? I don't know how this just happened. I was wide awake, confused, and still wondering... And still wonder to this day, what the F just happened? 
Was it the fever? Was I asleep walking earlier and being very weird? So my mom told me to F off and go back to sleep at 3 a.m. once I woke up. Why don't I remember being anywhere close to being tired? I was wide awake and watching a movie. I like then, bam, weirdness. <laughs> I like the way this one writes. I've experienced lost time and shocking, right? I don't know what the F happened. <laughs> lost time terrifies me. That's why I don't really ever, I've never really gotten blackout drunk. Yeah, blackout um, drunk, probably not a good thing. Yeah, that's that stuff that terrifies me. Lost time, just out of nowhere. Oh, it's uh, three in the afternoon, and last year, remember, was going to sleep at midnight the night before. Not well. With fairness, though, he was running a fever. Maybe the fever spiked, and spiked mm-hmm. fevers can cause you to do weird things, or it causes like sugar drops. Which, if you ever had like your sugar drop, it's like being drunk, and you don't remember what you do. So maybe, maybe it's a medical condition, or. He actually did get beamed up by Scotty. <laughs> they were coming back to save the whales, and they needed his help. They did. He has the key. He totally knows how to save the whales. He uh, just doesn't know that he told them how to save the whales. Right. He just doesn't. Which remember. kind of is a flawed plan if you think about the, it. The Men in Black then neuralized him. <laughs> uh, okay. Next story is from Cassiette Open on Reddit. Uh, when I was quite young, my aunt and uncle lived in an old country estate house in Lincolnshire. During the night, they would sometimes hear a toy trumpet playing down in the playroom, but the room was always empty when they went to look. I've heard about the noise keeping various relatives awake when they went to sleep with them, or went to stay with them. My other story takes place shortly after my grandfather's death, I believe before his funeral. I was about nine and sleeping in my dad's old room at my grandparents' house. I was awake thinking about him and feeling sad, so I said his name without really thinking much of it. A few seconds later, a plastic bag on the floor, which I'd used to bring some clothes, started shaking. The window was airtight, and there was no draft in the room. It looked like the bag was being physically shaken. He did always say he would let us know if there was anything on the other side. (laughs) That's kind of nice. That is kind of nice. The... The Safeway bag has become the teleporting thing <laughs> to the afterlife. Right. I like it. I wonder if that was happening in American Beauty. I don't, I don't, yeah, exactly, right? The beauty of it all. I don't know if I've told this story, but when I was like, this is my, my personal ghost story. But again, I'm a skeptic, so there's a thousand ways. And I might have already told this story, so, so just fast forward. Um <laughs> When I was a kid, I had this friend that her mom worked for the government, and they used to live in Peru. And her mom was, we were probably like 12 years old, so just old enough where an adult can freak you out with a story. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about when they lived in Peru, and they, the my friend and her sister were really young, there was always this ghost, like apparition, that would hang around her sister. And no matter where they went, they'd always have this feeling that there was somebody next to the sister. And she goes, and we were just taking photos one day around around the place, and we we caught it on on film. And I was like, you've got a picture of a ghost, yeah, right. <laughs> she goes, no, really. She goes, and it was interesting because if her sister would cry, the wind up toy would start playing to help settle her down, or if he'd close the door to the nursery, the door would open back up. So she goes rummaging through this like this this big thing of photos and she pulls it out and sure enough there's a picture of my friend and she's like eating a popsicle walking around the kitchen and then her sister is sitting in the high chair and behind her is this like fuzziness of the photo Mm -hmm. 
but it's shaped exactly like a woman in a Victorian dress and a man in a top hat. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh, that's so creepy. And they're like, yeah, they like really like to protect the children. So we're all sleeping. There's probably like 10 or 15 of us sleeping in their living room on the floor in sleeping bags. And uh, got to in the morning, I wake up and everybody's asleep. But then I, when I was a kid, I snored. So a bunch of them left and went into the other room. <laughs> so it was just me left in the living room. Everybody's asleep in the other room. And I wake up and I'm just hearing kids play outside. But I was too freaked out to like actually look out the window. So I just get up and I like snuck into their kitchen. I called my mom. I'm like, mom, you have to come get me. <laughs> and then when she got there, like I, I like peeked out the door before I, I left. And then, of course, my mom called and told her, told my friend's mom that, you know, I freaked out and came home because I'm a baby. But I, to this day, will tell you that there were ghost kids playing outside their house. I believe it. Uh, that and remind- that photo looked, I still have it burned into my memory. That photo was <laughs> terrifying. That reminds me of a story. Not this, this is no paranormal event in this story other than what we made up. <laughs> uh, my, me, Jason, uh, one of the other hosts here at Atomic Kingdom, and his brother and my brother were staying at an aunt's and uncle's house, uh, kind of like an hour away from where we lived. This is me and Jason were probably teenagers. My brother was probably like seven or eight, and then uh, Jason's brother would have been close to our age. Uh, and we convinced, thinking we were we were funny, cool, older kids picking on the little brother. We convinced my little brother that there were aliens in the TV and that if he stared and watched too much TV of a certain show because we didn't want to watch what he was watching, that the aliens would take him. And he was so terrified he would not stay, so we had to leave. So it ruined our entire weekend and <laughs> we had to go home. Uh, I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> we It was our sure own works. fault. Yeah, we, it was our own fault. Uh, and hopefully my brother listens to this episode and it takes him back to that terrifying moment of his life. Oh, dude, my my brothers used to, I think that's where my love for horror movie comes from, because they would write all the bad ones, you know, Sleepaway Camp, all those. Oh, Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> oh, they're so bad, they're awesome. A classic. But I was probably like nine or ten years old when I saw that, which, by the way, I love my parents, but why is a nine or ten year old watching Sleepaway Camp? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we'd watch those, but then my my older brother just knew how to mess with people, so they, he would, he would like, he'd go to bed, and then he would scratch on your door or he'd put things outside your window or he'd sneak out his window go over and then throw things at your window uh it used to drive me crazy and i knew it was him but it was still like when it was happening it's when your stomach drops to your toes and you're like where's my mommy my uh, one more brief little trick story and then you, you can read the next story uh we convinced jason's younger brother my old apartment complex lived near a park and they had a little small very small lake uh we convinced him that in the center of the lake a school bus lost control and plummeted down there and that there were ghosts of children still in the school bus in the bottom of the lake and it terrified him like he would never go to the lake with us you hey could, it- you couldn't swim in this lake it was just for fishing and then when it froze over you could play hockey and skate and stuff but there's you know the just knowing that when you go into something. So I, I think I told you this earlier, Seattle is built on top of old Seattle. Right. So in like the 1800s, all of Seattle burned down. So instead like, of like Futurama with new New York being above old yeah. New York. Yeah. So you can actually, to this day, take tours down and around old Seattle 
and it's underneath like the Pioneer Square District, so kind of over where the Kingdom used to be. Sure. If you remember the Kingdom people, I do. Um, so in that area, all of old Seattle is underneath, but there's all these, and they've done a ton of like ghost hunting things, but there's all these stories that the people who died in the fire still haunts the, ch- the tunnels down there. And it's really cool when you walk through there anyways, because a lot of the, the street tiles are still glass. So when you're walking, you can watch kind of shadows of people walking above you and it casts really weird shadows down into the tunnels. But I've only been in there twice. And each time that I've been in there, that thought always lingers in the back of my mind that the ghosts of the dead are in these tunnels and they're, (laughs) they're so dark. Like you can go in the old bank you can go into the old pub still and stuff like that. It, once that thought pokes into your brain, there's no turning back because everything will creep you out from then on out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to try to cruise through maybe three or four more stories. We're going to uh, run out of time. So we'll try to cut our chit chat to a, a minimum, but not, <laughs> not too much. I did want to say the, the main guy that hosts the ghost adventure shows on the travel channel, Zach Baggins, bought i remember hearing this on the news he bought a house in indiana called the i think it's the demon house or something and it's just google it because there's picture you can see a, a picture taken by a policeman uh, and you can see something in the window like it's, why would you buy that house because he's a ghost hunter um and they're doing a documentary that they're releasing it got so bad that one of the people that they invited there got possessed and they had to shut down production or something and they wait they couldn't go back for like six months what's it called again uh, it's like the Demon House in Indiana. Uh, just search Zach Bagan buys Demon House. Bagan, like Bilbo Baggins, I think. That. Why would you do that? It's like every horror movie. It's like. Well, he didn't. Don't go he upstairs. Didn't, he didn't buy it to move in. He did it to research it and also to keep people out. That um, oh, he's protecting them. I uh, yeah, I guess he seems like a decent dude. Who says totally bro, creepy though? Who says bro a lot? Did you Google it? <laughs> I, I have it open. I'm like, I got to read this later. Try, to, fi- try to find the picture, and it should be right in the article. There's oh. one. It's a picture outside the house, staring towards the house. Is this the one? Gary, Indiana. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm just going to search images. <laughs> Demon House of Indiana. Oh, is this the one where there's just some, like, a silhouette in the window? Like, yeah, it's like a patio window. Or like a closed-off porch thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just like a lamp. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you hope it is. That's a lamp. Read the story later. You'll like it. Uh, okay, your turn. <laughs> What's funny, though, is when I when I uh, Googled image it, the photo right underneath is the Freeman and the Baby Creepy Boy Ghost. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. It makes me creepy. Uh... Okay, so m- moving on to Reddit, we've got user rblue three. No, Wait, no, R blue. It's three points. <laughs> I struggle with the Reddit. I, I should probably participate more. Okay, so around 1981, I was a kid in rural Montgomery County, Indiana. I, it was a perfectly clear day, and I was playing in front in the front lawn of my neighbor's house with my brother Pat. My dad was an Indiana State Trooper at the time, and I was thinking that relevant because we spent plenty of time around helicopters by the state by that stage of our lives i knew that these things could hover in place and make a lot of noise and wind and i knew that they what they should look like my brother and i both looked up over to the left side of the roof of my neighbor's house and we saw 
two silver saucers. They were slowly rotating. They were about 300 feet away. That's like, what, 100 meters for you non, never mind, non-Americans. <laughs> I like that he actually pronunciates Americans. Americans, <laughs> the non-Americans. Um, <laughs> one was slightly higher than the other, maybe overlapping just a tad. We watched them for a few minutes just sitting there. This was like a perfectly clear sunny day. After some time, they both accelerated to a ridiculous speed towards the east. We ran inside and told our parents. Honestly, it was so effing insane that if my brother hadn't had been there with me, my parents didn't. My and if my parents didn't recall us freaking out over these, I'd probably try to write it off as a dream. Awesome. Always, always glad to have UFO stories. Uh, uh, do you do you believe UFOs are the flying saucer type, or do you think they're different? Like the cigarette shape. Or cigar-shaped type stuff. Or the pyramids. Uh, pyramids, yeah, the triangles. I don't know. I think there's all kinds. There's all kinds of aliens with all kinds of technology. Uh, I just hope they don't come and try to kill us all. Even if they did come, how would they How would they communicate with us? Come on, people. They wouldn't have to. If they are just coming to take it over and kill us all, why would they need to talk to us? <laughs> True. All right. all right, so this story is titled Entity or Childhood Hallucination. I'm already into the story. Uh, by Gamma Fight on Reddit. All right, it's kind of a long one, so bear with me, everybody. <clears throat> I realized the following could all be just a hallucination as I was very young. Nonetheless, it is still so remarkable how clear I remember it and the odd content of the experience. This 100% really is my experience. When I was about seven, I lived in an old mining town, Alma, Colorado. It's these old mining towns, I tell you. Uh, up in the Rockies. It had less than 100 people who lived there at the time. Our family, many brothers, and our mom stayed in a little cabin on Main Street for a good while. Uh, now a red house on the left, seen in Street View. <laughs> okay, it's not like you gave us your address, but uh, us brothers would run around town playing. We saw so many of stuff in that town. Off stuff. Excuse me. We saw so many off stuff in that town. One of my brothers says he saw a full apparition in the store next door over, trying on clothes and vanished once it noticed him. Town and the abandoned places we snuck into fueled our imaginations for sure. There were many nights I would see this silent floating mist flow around objects in our shared room, sometimes body-sized or smaller clouds. It scared me so much at first and always tucked my head under the covers. It moved randomly, but also kind of not. It really moved and looked like this, but imagine each bird representing a semi-lit white dot or point. It didn't light up surroundings. It was a dull white without a glow or sheer. On one particular night, it went from unnerving to downright WTF. By now, after so many nights, I started to get used to seeing it, or them, that I just started watching inside instead of hiding my head. I started to see more behavior from it, like splitting up into streams and rejoining as it flowed around. When leaving the room, usually because of a waking family member, it would move out the door or even through the wall. Sometimes I would just pass out before knowing whether or not it left. During each of these visitations, it gave me the impression that it was aware of me. Um, aware of it. Aware of me being aware of it. I type in quotes because I can't describe it. It was like saying something to me without me hearing anything. It was quote-unquote notioning to me. Uh, on, the crazy, on the WTF night, it started really paying too much attention to me, flying over me, splitting up in multiple streams that individually broke off into different directions, some of which startled me as they flew towards and over me. I quickly hid my head under the blanket, but one thin stream 
flowed through the blanket and wind around inside the airspace I was creating with my arms. As it crossed just above my eyes, I saw what each individual white point that made of the cloud. Uh, they were tiny shapes that all I can describe them as universal shapes. Triangles, circles, squares, spirals, etc. There were a few other shapes that I couldn't identify or understand at the time. The stream was still flowing around inside, but one side was incoming and the other side was outgoing through the blanket. Then a new stream, uh, then new stream tendrils, quote unquote, tendrils of thin streams came through in and out of my blankets. I was scared of this, I was scared enough that I wanted to run, but then it quote notioned to me that everything is okay. My emotions flatlined to feeling just okay about it. I <laughs> quote unquote pitched a tent to watch the streams move in and out, sometimes whizzing past my eyes, in which I would see again the shapes. I was a quiet kid, and each time it happened, I didn't want to wake anyone about it. I wouldn't even know what to say. The swarm always left if anyone woke up anyway. So this night being as intense as it was getting, I got up and went into the living room just outside my door where my mom and her boyfriend slept on a pull-out couch. As I approached their bed, I stopped dead in my tracks and saw a small, white, a small faint white cartoon character standing on the face of my mom's boyfriend. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I was almost full panic. It was about three inches tall and looked like just some generic cartoon man. It had a kind of weird smile. I couldn't tell if it was smiling or sneering. It pointed to his mouth and a talk bubble appeared over the cartoon's head. Only I could <laughs> only I could freaking understand it. The words didn't make any sense. I, uh, only I could. Oh, okay. The words didn't make any sense. I got the feeling it was asking me if it could jump down into his mouth. I stood there wild-eyed, shaking my head. No, 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 don't do that. It looked at me and then jumped over to my mom's face. Again, it pointed at her mouth. Same talk bubble. I was shaking, and I thought out to it. Please don't. It nodded slowly with a smirk, as if to say, I'm going to whether, you not, <laughs> whether or not you like it. And then jumped into her mouth. I freaked out and woke her up. I got yelled at to go back to sleep. This was so vivid, it has impacted me through all these years. Nothing more came of it. I sometimes saw the shape mist after that night, but it always it was always short and never interacted with me again. I never saw it once we left that town to California. I come to feel like it didn't actually mean any harm, but again, it might have been sleep I might have been it might have been sleepwalking or hallucination as children really do naturally. Even if it were, the shapes still make me think today. There's other wild things in my life, so I'll tell more stories next time. Uh, wow, that is some magic shroom stuff. I have never heard of the thought bubble thing, but that's pretty funny. And the white little cartoon guy, like, I'm just picturing like a leprechaun standing on their mouth going, can I, can I, can I? Exactly. Oh, that is weird. I'm yeah. thinking somebody's like spiking his midnight milk with some fancy mushrooms or something. <laughs> something. Uh <laughs> All right, we got time for maybe two more. They're kind of short ones coming up, so. All right, well, I'll tackle the username Edmund Dante's Inferno. This better have some good hellfire in it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lived in the house for a while where some strange things occurred. This was a new house built in the early 90s. Upon the first week of moving in, my sister declared that the house was haunted and that there was a ghost that lived there. My sister is a little, well, you know, off. Oh, she's so kind. So, so we thought nothing of it. Over the years, we would hear things, but dismiss it. I'd hear footsteps coming up the stairs, which would stop at the top. This was almost a daily occurrence. I would turn off the lights on the downstairs and then go to bed. My mother, my mother would come downstairs the next morning, and all the lights would be on. 
My mother and brother would hear a basketball dribbling outside of the basketball basketball court late at night and they would think it was me and then find me in my room or they would look outside and nobody was there. Doors would open and slam shut and we always dismissed it like the house was a bit drafty. I also, for the first time in my life, had horrible nightmares and sleepwalk. I would find out, I would find myself standing over my brother's bed, thanks paranormal activity, that's in parentheses, and at the top of the stairs most frequently. One night I remember being attacked by a dark figure. Once, he, once we moved from this house, all the nightmares and sleepwalking ceased. We ended up moving after living there for six years, but took a long time to sell the house. My grandparents moved in there temporarily while, they, while their new house was being built. After one night of living there, they called my parents demanding why they didn't tell them that the house was haunted. My grandfather was... <laughs> This is getting weird. Okay, my grandfather... Uh, Canvassing? I, yeah, I keep losing my spot. My my screen is all great. Yes, the grandfather was canvassing the house with the shotgun because they heard footsteps outside their bedroom and the doors was opening and closing. That stuff, the paranormal activity type stuff with, you know, someone standing over your bed or, like, doors opening and closing. There's this... I saw somebody on my Facebook followed some weird ghost uh, Facebook thing where they posted videos and it's a like security footage of an office room, like a big office, like on a one floor of the office. And uh, at one point, all these things started happening. Like one screen would turn on and then turn off. A chair would move all the way across the room. Another chair would move all the way across the room. A filing cabinet would fly open and file folders would fly out. Uh, the door handles in the hallway, three doors would just start shaking like rapidly, just going up and down, up and down. Like somebody's trying to get in a locked door. Like it was crazy. I don't like that. But I do like the vision of his grandfather walking around the house with a shotgun. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Next story is from Chilling Sensations on Reddit. Uh, I had a dream that I was standing on a balcony facing Manhattan, and then a man came up to me and said, I will attack you and humiliate you and make your boyfriend leave you. I said, how can you do that? You're a disembodied demon. You can't hit me. He said, you'll see. A week later, I got up invited to a party in Hoboken. By then, I forgot all about the dream. Mind you, I have no friends there. Never been there in my life. Uh, the apartment was facing the Manhattan skyline. After a few hours, a random girl at the party attacked me and screamed that I was sleeping with her boyfriend. My boyfriend broke up with me, and, well, I was humiliated. From then on, I realized I am not alone. That's that's crazy. Those prophetic dreams. Yeah, the dreams that like come true are the ones that make you realize that you've had some really bad dreams that you never want to come true. So is there a possibility? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I'll let you do one more, and then I'm going to jump down to the bottom and hit up another UFO story. Well, UFO stories are great. Okay, I do not know how to say this this username. Is it Sergio, Sergio Manzer? Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. Okay, he has a few stories, so it'll be as, he'll be as brief as possible. Context. I lived in Tampico, Mexico. Here we have an urban legend that says that, the, uh, that under the Gulf of Mexico in the Miramar Beach Pier, we have an alien UFO base. Sightings are common at night near the pier. Yeah, Experiences. That, that name, Tampico, sounds familiar. It does. I think it's because, isn't that the, the orange soda? Isn't that a pop? Isn't it Fanta? 
No, I think there's a pop called Tampico. It's oh. either that or it's a hot sauce. <laughs> All right. I'm probably way off, but <laughs> that's what I want a soda. Okay, experiences. I was 10 years old and I was playing ball in my yard. Suddenly, I decided to lay down in the ground and start observing the sky. I clearly saw a white ship that looked clearly like a dish. It was moving at an insanely high speed and just disappeared into the sky. Number two. Two years ago, I was traveling by car to Brownsville, Texas, to McAllen, Texas, and my family and I, all, all of them, saw approximately three lights in the sky moving from one side to the other and following us the whole trip. When we arrived, they simply disappeared. Maybe they're protecting you. Maybe. Third. The third and final. Last year, my girlfriend reported to me that outside her house, she saw three orange lights making a triangle in the sky and were a hundred percent static. She told me they looked out that she told me to look outside my window. We live in about ten minutes apart, so we can we could not exactly see the exact same thing. I looked outside my window in the opposite direction and what she was looking at and saw three orange lights moving in circles and making movements that no airplane can do while flying. Awesome. So you got UFO stories. So I'll do this coast story then. Those are cool. I like those. Well, wait, going back though, if you go back to the cartoon character with a speech bubble, all those shapes were like geometric shapes, circles and triangles. Maybe it's all linked. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. not buying it. <laughs> uh, Reddit user HTOOF sent this quick ghost story in. I was staying at my friend's place in Connecticut for the weekend. Her and her sister have both experienced stuff in the house throughout their lives, and this wasn't my first visit, but I've never had any kind of paranormal experience before. I got to her house around noon, and she brought me into her sister's room so I could drop my bag off. Her sister had moved out. As soon as I entered the room with her, I got a strong whiff of lilac perfume. I asked my friend if she smelled it, which she didn't, but she said her father was has smelled lilac in the room before, too. That night, I was dead asleep when I woke up coughing. There was a horrible stench right over my face, but it wasn't just a stench. It felt like I was being smothered by it, like it was dense. It smelled like something rotting or decaying and lingered for a few minutes before it disappeared. And you'll probably think I farted in my sleep or something, but there was this smothering, negative, uh, in parentheses, angry energy that accompanied the smell. Probably smelled like the homeless dude that was at the grocery store today that was in front of me. <laughs> that guy. was fully him. Poor guy. He just, he had lilacs when he first showed up. Um, I'm actually going to let you read one more because it sounds like a very positive one. So we'll do that and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap up. Is this the uh, Matter 74? Yep. All right. This one's good. I didn't experience this, but my mother did. I found out due to a slip of my tongue by my, a slip of the tongue by my aunt. Out of the blue, she mentions to me, I have seen my guardian angel. I was in my early 20s. I looked, like, I looked at her like, what? She gets silent and tells me I better ask my mother. So I did. My mom looked at me in surprise and asked how I knew. Anyways, this happened when I was only a couple months old. Mom was woke up in the middle of the night by something yanking on her big toe, just like her grandmother always woke her up when she was younger. She looked at the foot of her bed, and there stood clearly her grandmother, who had passed away years ago. She yelled at she yelled at mom to quick to go check on me right now. Mom jumped out of the bed and ran into my room. I had rolled over on my stomach and was suffocating. She scooped me up in the air and I'm sorry. She scooped me up to get air, but 
back into into my blue face. After she knew I was okay, she pondered seeing my grandmother and not even being shocked at first. Hence, my great-grandmother is my guardian spirit or angel or whatever you want to call her. Awesome. That's kind of cool. Another good story uh, of, of hope <laughs> and not just terrifying shadow men and demons. I guess it's kind of like anything. You've got good people and bad people. Maybe you got good ghosts and bad ghosts. Yeah, I'm sure there's some D-bag ghosts out there, just like there's D-bag people out there. Like I said, have you seen Insidious? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so those are all the stories that you guys sent in, and we really appreciate you commenting on the post I made at Reddit and the email, and uh, we will do this again because there are still stories we haven't read, and you guys are real quick on responding to them right away. Everybody wants to share their cool experiences and stories uh speaking of stories uh if you like podcasts like everybody does um and you like to read there's a cool way to actually read books without reading them i think jenny can explain it oh yes i can um i myself am obsessed with audiobooks i am in the car all the time so i throw it on and it'd be just like reading a book but driving it's awesome so if you want to do that too and look up any crazy ghost story audiobooks you want, you can go to audible.com backslash atomic geekdom. Oh, I'm sorry, it's audibletrial.com backslash atomic geekdom. If you go there, you get a 30 day trial, you get one free download with it. Pick out any book you want. Every time you do it, it helps us out. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And it's pretty cool. I've been a member for years now, probably, and totally worth it. So definitely check that out. Again, it's audibletrials.com, Atomic Kingdom. Audible trial, no trials. Don't. don't <laughs> and there's a backslash in there. Yeah. Audibletrial.com slash Atomic Kingdom. Exactly. Help us out that way. You can also help us out if you do any ordering on Amazon. If you go to AtomicKingdom.com, there's an Amazon banner right at the top of the page. Click that first, then do all your buying, and you help us out. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra, just like the Audible trial. Uh, and you get all your, your fantastic amazon products and we get a little help from that uh or you can just straight up buy a t-shirt from the website or go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash atomic geekdom and you can kind of donate money um if you want to help the show out five bucks uh we'll we'll give you stuff in return for it too not just our awesome content but also if you donate five bucks we'll give you a free digital comic fifteen dollars gets you a free graphic novel a digital graphic novel and 20 bucks is a free t-shirt. Um, so yeah, you help us out. You get something out of it. It's all, all cyclical, if you will. Um, if you want to send us more stories or if you want to tell us things where we, we messed up on or things we should be talking about on our next topic podcast, you can hit us up on Twitter at atomic geekdom. Jenny is at Robbie art. Or our email address is theatomicgeekdom at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Google+, Stitcher, iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends. Uh, yeah, tell your friends. Um, <clears throat> very exciting stuff to kind of coincide with this podcast. It was announced last week that X-Files is de definitely coming back to Fox. Woohoo! With Mulder and Scully. Yep, and the whole the original creative team of Chris Carter. And David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson and six episode event probably late uh, late in the year or early next year. I think they go into production in August. I, I don't know for sure. 
but very exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, anything else you can think of, Jenny, that would terrify people? No, I just want any ghosts out there that are listening to this, please don't scare me. I, I, you can hang around. I just don't want to know you're there. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you.